Before we start the show, I wanted to remind you that we're in a new phase at the Politics Girl Project. In order to keep doing the quality work you've come to know, we've launched Politics Girl Premium, a subscription service to make it possible to remain an independent source of information. So if you enjoy our content and think we offer something worthwhile, please consider signing up to become part of the Politics Girl Premium family. You'll get access to ad-free episodes of this podcast, direct emails of the rants, discounted merchandise, hosted Q&As, and the opportunity for in-person meet and greets. As I keep saying, at the end of the day, it's expensive to not sell out. But with your support, it'll continue to be possible. Of course, if it's not in your budget, I understand, and you will always have access to everything I produce for free. But if you can help, it would make such a tremendous difference to keeping this work going. To subscribe, click the link in the show notes or go to politicsgirl.com premium to check out the various plans or simply to make a donation. Thank you for caring enough about democracy to be here. We literally can't do this without you. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. All over the country, the Republican Party is doubling down on anti-democratic actions to elevate the power of the minority over the will of the majority. Using state legislatures, Supreme Courts, ballot initiatives, and corrupt political operatives, we are seeing the needs of the few attempting to silence the choice of the many. And it's essential that we fight back against this behavior with deliberation and focus. These next set of elections are for all the marbles. The Republican Party has shown us who they are, who they actually represent, and what values they truly stand for. So unless you want to live in a society run by corrupt billionaires with their bought-and-paid-for politicians who don't believe the rule of law applies to them and want to turn us into some form of white supremacist Christian patriarchy, then you need to be working overtime to defeat these people at every turn. To talk about how to best do that, we will be talking today with Yasmin Raji, the executive director of Swing Left the national organization that has quickly become one of the largest drivers of grassroots volunteers and donors across the country. Swing Left launched in 2017, after Trump was elected, and was first conceived as an informational resource where people could go to figure out what the nearest congressional swing district was. But the organization quickly grew into one of the largest bundlers of grassroots donations and sources of volunteers for Democratic campaigns. Swing Left has mobilized more than a million volunteers and donors across the country, raised more than $80 million for Democratic candidates, civic organizations, and voter mobilization efforts. And they have reached out to more than 44 million voters through phone calls, canvassing, and handwritten letters. Swing Left is also very specific about how they run their organization and where the money you donate goes. Working on both the state and federal level, Swing Left doesn't pass along people's contact information to anyone. So your information isn't suddenly going to be sold and you find yourself receiving hundreds of solicitations a day. With Swing Left, you only receive periodic updates from the Swing Left team. They also make sure your contribution goes where it's needed and not just to the high profile races that always end up with so much extra money in their coffers. Swing Left focuses on races and organizations that proved they have the ability to turn dollars into winning elections. Before joining Swing Left, Yasmin served in the Biden-Harris administration as senior advisor at the Treasury Department, leading outreach efforts supporting the implementation of the American Rescue Plan, including the child tax credit and the emergency rental assistance. 
Prior to that, Yasmin served as the National Political Director at Planned Parenthood Action Fund, where she oversaw candidate endorsements, PAC activity, national political partnerships, and coordinated campaign efforts. A graduate of the University of Pennsylvania and the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, where she won the Robert F. Kennedy Award for Excellence in Public Service, Yasmin is a California native who currently lives in D.C. and speaks English, Spanish, French, and Persian. She is the real deal and who you really want running an effective organization like Swing Left. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, Executive Director for Swing Left, Yasmin Raji. Welcome, Yasmin. Thank you so much. It is so wonderful to finally meet you. Longtime supporter, first time caller. Oh, <laughs> well, honestly, thank you for joining me. I've been a huge fan of Swing Left for a while. I admire how you take people's money and you get it to the right places and that you seem to really care about people's information and their time. And your organization has taken these extra steps to make sure that the efforts people put in have the greatest opportunity of making a difference to our democracy. And so I'm such a big fan of Swing Left and I'm so glad you came to join us. Well, thank you. The support means a lot. And I feel like our missions are so complimentary. So I'm really excited to be here. It's so true. So let's talk a little bit about your missions. You know, I know what you say on your website, and I think it's it's been said so well, like what the values of Swing Left are, which is constructive action and community and diversity, equity and inclusion, and then ultimately effectiveness. So would you talk me through that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, I think as you summarized really well, There are so many people in this country who care so much about what's happening with our democracy and whether they have time, whether they have money, whether they have a combination of the two of those and at whatever level they have those resources. So many folks just don't know where to direct that time and that money. And so the mission of Swing Left has been simple from the beginning, and it's making sure that people are able to direct those resources to whatever races are going to shift the balance of power or maintain the balance of power uh, toward Democrats. And we started out being singularly focused on the House in 2018 because that was the first line of defense, as you well know, and you were uh, sort of at the forefront of talking about in 2018. But then, you know, we've got to do that long-term work of supporting our democracy at the state level as well, as you well know. So we've added governor's races, state legislative races. And then, of course, we know the absolute importance of the U.S. Senate for so much of uh, every single issue that we care about. So we've expanded the levels of the ballot, but the mission is still simple. Make sure those dollars, make sure those hours are going to the most competitive races. And I think the, the testament to that being something that's needed in this ecosystem is the fact that we've got a community of 1 million people from all across the country. And, you know, our volunteers remain as fired up as they were in 2018. And so I think it's a sign of just how committed they are for the long haul. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I think Swing Left is wonderful because it really is about community, that you guys believe that the same thing I say all the time, that action is the antidote to anger and despair. And it's what we do together and put our focused energy in together that really affects positive change. And it seems like Swing Left in general believes, as I do, something I think we're all starting to recognize, which is that elections are year-round work, right? There is no like election season. Democracy is something we need to be working on every day. And you're out here investing in communities and organizers to build kind of a long-term infrastructure to not only win win, but to hold power for pro-democracy people and Democrats, because we can see now that you can't just drop in every two to four years and expect people to trust and follow you. And we can also see that Republicans have been working overtime for years. They've kind of got this, that it never ends. They've been working overtime to subvert 
the will of the majority, for the whims of the minority for a really long time. And they've been very effective at it. And if we want to counter that, we have to show up and invest our time and invest our money and invest our efforts each and every day. Absolutely. I mean, I think you summarized it perfectly. And uh, one of my sort of favorite moments of the year so far is that we're, you know, as you know, we launched our Win Back the House strategy uh, just a month or so ago. And we were really excited. We had this kind of beautiful plan all wrapped up with a bow to launch in late June. We're supposed to launch this month. And we shopped it around with our volunteer leaders. We've got 350 groups around the country. And we, you know, we're really proud to show this, what we thought was a really smart strategy to our groups. And they were like, I'm sorry, we've got to start working now. We're not waiting until June. And it was the best negative feedback I've ever gotten in my life. Of, <laughs> we want to start to work earlier. We feel more urgency. And so I think it's a testament to exactly what you said of the work is absolutely year round. It is long term. And we say that all the time at the staff level, but the people who live it are our volunteer groups around the country who the days after the election, they were already planning what was going to be the way that they do local events to get folks back to being committed in the odd years? Because, you know, the work of rebuilding um, is is work that takes a lot of time, as you well know. But also, as you said, Republicans have had such a thoughtful and connected strategy at all the levels that we've talked about here, federal and state levels, but even down to the judicial levels, to building student groups at law schools that then get people at the pipeline to then become those judges. And so, you know, I think one of the examples of how we're trying to build more of that connective tissue uh, is our college program, because, you know, we've got we've got folks of every age all around the country uh, active in our work. But we've also got to start people young. I mean, my first uh, time knocking on a door was in college and I've been committed ever since. And so we've got to do that deep long term work again, the way the other side has been doing for years. Yeah, they're very effective. I mean, if we aren't wringing our hands and weeping about it, we can learn a lot from what the Republicans have done. Honestly, they are very effective. Uh, They're great messengers. They're great at taglines. They're great at, I mean, how they got pro-life is beyond the beyond to me, you know, like they're very, very good at it. And we can learn a lot from them. I mean, you guys point out at Swing Left all the time that this kind of massive civic engagement, these groups that are involved, these people that are involved, is so necessary to make sure our government reflects the will of the people. I mean, we just have to look at what's happening in Ohio, right? The Republicans have called for a special election on August 8th, and it only has one thing on the ballot, a measure that will raise the threshold to change the Ohio Constitution to a 60% vote rather than a simple majority. And that is changing what has been going on in Ohio for the last 175 years. So if this passes in August, this measure would essentially crush the ability of Ohio citizens to amend their own constitution. And the Republicans are doing this, of course, in response to a ballot measure they know is going to be on the ballot coming up for people to codify abortion rights into the constitution. So they are basically sneaking in a measure in the summer to preempt that election and raise the winning threshold for a citizen-led constitutional amendment from a simple majority to a supermajority, which, to be clear, would mean that 41% of Ohio voters could stop 59% of Ohio voters from getting what they wanted. And it's underhanded and it's anti-democratic and it's exactly in line with today's Republican Party, which is basically tyranny of the minority. But I know that Swing Left is on the ground in Ohio right now working to get people out for that vote. So can you tell me um, what you're doing and what we can do to help? 
Absolutely. And I think you gave a brilliant and really important summary for every listener. I think a lot of folks that are listening are probably not yet paying attention to what's happening in Ohio. But I think this actually connects to your point about what we could learn from Republicans' orchestration. The reason why they are on the ballot in August, as you said, is because they have a gerrymandered supermajority, which means they've been doing the work that is leading to this outcome for over a decade, right, of of making this possible. And they've looked around the country. They saw that abortion was on the ballot in six states in 2022. In all six states, whether it was an anti-abortion initiative, whether it was a pro-abortion initiative, in all six states, abortion won because it turns out abortion is uh, something that people support, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, or independents. 80% of Americans, as you well know, support uh, the access to legal, legal abortion. And they know that they can't win with a, you know, just a regular vote. And so they are rigging the system. And I think it is so important for folks to know, I think this is the most recent example of something that's been happening for a long time, of the twin fights of anti-democracy and anti-reproductive freedom and how closely tied they are. So I'm really glad that you're spotlighting this issue. And to your question about how people can sign up to get involved, because we really need, even all your listeners who are not in Ohio, we need their help uh, to make sure this is going to be you know, an August election with almost no runway ahead of that election. Guess what? The people who are least likely to hear about it are young people, are people of color, are the people who are going to be voting no on the ballot this August, which is how we want people to be voting. And so what we're doing at Swing Left is we are already standing up phone banks for our groups in Ohio. They are already not just knocking on doors, but going to events like the recent Lizzo concert. Uh, some of our friends over at a, at a group called Red Wine and Blue went and canvassed the Lizzo concert to get folks signed up. Our Swing Left group in Central Ohio is going to Pride to, to petition folks to make sure they're signing up and they're aware of what's going on. And then our uh, affiliate Vote Forward launched a campaign earlier this week to make sure that we are offering the opportunity for volunteers around the country to write handwritten letters to voters in Ohio. Uh, We're targeting specifically women between the ages of 18 and 35 who have high scores in terms of their support for reproductive freedom. And we are writing to them to make a personal case for making sure that they know about this election and that they know that voting no is the right way uh, to make sure that they are supporting democracy and reproductive freedom. So folks can go to swingleft.org to sign up. And we really hope that they will, because it's going to be, as with all these elections, all about just showing up. We don't have to convince everyone, anyone. They are already on our side, but the people who usually will turn out tend to be the more conservative folks uh, who are, frankly, really well organized in places like Ohio. Yeah. And I think we should be really clear that it doesn't really matter how you even stand on abortion rights or if you are a Republican or a Democrat. What has happened here in Ohio and what's happening in Ohio even today with them, that supermajority voting to get rid of funding for public education? I mean, it is terrible what's going on in Ohio. But we need to be really clear that these Ohio Republicans passed a law last December that took effect in April that made a lot of changes to Ohio voting laws. They made tougher ID rules, shorter time to return absentee ballots. And they banned August special elections, right? But then a month later in May, those same Republican lawmakers approved a statewide election in August with one goal, to make it harder for citizens to amend their own constitution. So they are out here making laws and then breaking their own laws for their own interest. So- 
August 8th is basically Ohio Republicans betting that they can gut direct democracy in their state and no one will notice because they're all like at the beach or on vacation, exactly. right? They know exactly. that the majority of Ohio voters are going to vote just like they did in Kansas to codify abortion rights into law. So they're taking this chance that people won't notice that there's a special election in the summer and a handful of their own voters will be able to give the power of the majority of the people in Ohio to the minority of the people in Ohio. So as the uh, you know Ohio Capitol Journal itself said, save the date for Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. Put it on your phone, circle it on your calendar, tack it on your fridge, make sure everyone knows because this is an election that can't be missed because the Republicans are literally trying to strip everyone, not just Democrats, everyone of their ability to change their own constitution. And it is so undemocratic and so underhanded that we need to be Mm -hmm. outraged about it, whether we live in Ohio or not. Absolutely. I think that's so important. And something that you said right at the beginning there that I really want us to highlight is it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat or independent. In fact, I talk to swing left supporters, swing left volunteers and swing left donors who regularly remind me they were Republicans. The reason they left the Republican Party they're you know, we've got progressives in the swing left family and we have got some real centrists who were Republicans until, you know, 2015, 2016, sort of very, very recently. And the reason is because for every issue that is uniting in this country, and you know this, you talk about this all the time on the show, which is whether it's access to reproductive freedom, whether it is access to basic health care, making sure that people are safe from gun violence, people have access to, as you just beautifully summarized, basic tenets of democracy. I mean, these are uniting principles, each of those in every poll, even the most conservative polls, Fox News polls that you see. We're talking 75 to 80 percent of Americans support each of those issues. But the problem is, as you well said, Republicans are trying to shift the rules so that they can they have majorities in many more states than they ought to. And, you know, one of the one of the polls that I found the most motivating to me, even though it was a really upsetting poll, was um, soon after the six week ban in South Carolina you know, a six week ban is before most women, certainly before I knew I was pregnant. Uh, and, you know, most women know that they're pregnant. South Carolina, a state that we all assume is incredibly conservative. It was over 80 percent of respondents opposed the six week ban. But then about the same number is a little bit less. It was in the 70s, did not know that it had passed in South Carolina. And so I think the reason that really matters is exactly as you were saying, We've got, whether it's Republicans, independents, or Democrats, folks are on our side on every single one of these issues, but they may not know just what's at stake because that's not a knock on people. People are busy. People are working oftentimes not just one job, but multiple jobs, plus caretaking for their kids or their elderly parents or whoever the case may be. So I think the point of your show, I think, is so, so, so important to remind us all of all of these issues that will affect all of us, um, even those of us who are often so busy that we don't pay as much attention to every single thing on the ballot uh, as we wish that we could. Well, and also it doesn't help that our news is talking about gas stoves and Donald Trump's indictments. And you know what I mean? Like we're not talking about, oh, by the way, Ohio Republicans are trying to strip Ohio people of their right to a constitutional amendment. You know, we don't talk about that. It's not sexy. It's not interesting, but it is absolutely essential to our democracy. So now 
We know that Ohio is an election that cannot be missed, and we must tell everyone in Ohio and do work for Ohio so people at least turn out for that election and stop this uh, anti-democratic action in its tracks. But, of, you know, of course, speaking about other elections that can't be missed, you were saying you've launched your win back the House yes. campaign, and you did it early because your groups were like, let's get on it, <laughs> right? Yes. So you just launched this strategic plan to help the Democrats win back the House in 2024, which... You know, watching Kevin McCarthy and the mega Republicans almost tank the world economy and spend their time on performative witch hunts and complain about justice being served. And like I said, gas stoves all the time. We can see that this needs to happen. We must flip the house. Right. So what is the plan and what can we get excited about and what can we do? So glad that you brought it up. You know, I think, as as you know from before, I, I left the administration in July of last year, right? So I left my first time serving in government and my friends in the administration pulled me aside and they said, you know that what you're doing is nuts, right? You're leaving in July. We're about to get completely shellacked as Democrats in, you know, in this election. It's going to be a big red wave and you're just going to get blamed for it. You realize that that's what you're doing. And from very early on in my first few weeks at Swing Left, leaving the administration, set up calls with volunteer teams, set up calls with folks on the ground, and they were so optimistic. And it was such a contrast to what I had been hearing on cable news, what I'd been reading in the newspaper. And I say that as context because we obviously all know by now we did not have a red wave. But I think even I was following the news every single day, and I knew that we barely lost the House. I knew it was a smaller margin than what anyone predicted. But I, until very recently, didn't even know the number of just how small that was. And I actually thought my team members had made a math error. It's 6,675 votes. I mean, I literally thought they were missing another, like there was a comma that was misplaced there, right? 6,675 votes for any person in the country who has ever looked at election results. You know that that is literally... I mean, that is almost a rounding error in an election. And I say that because as the reason we launched Win Back the House as early as we did was not just because our amazing volunteers were like, we got to start moving now, but because they knew in their bones from early in the cycle, even when people were telling them that they were, you know, nuts or there was, you know, they were missing important polling or whatever. They knew just how close these races were. And that margin of 6,675 votes is what we organizers call a field margin. That is literally starting to knock on doors three months earlier. That is hiring an organizer six months earlier. And so the whole point of our launching Win Back the House is to make sure that every person in the country who is uh, concerned about what any issue under the sun and knows that right now, President Biden and the Democratic Senate are limited in what they can do because they don't have a trifecta, right? Kevin McCarthy and his extremists in the House, the sort of like gang of MAGA extremists that has completely seized control over there, they are just blocking and blocking and blocking. And as you well said, distracting to talk about, you know, gas stoves and whatever else to sort of like take eyes off the ball. And if we can win that majority, which we can do, 6,000 votes is nothing. It's just an, or- we just have to organize earlier. What we're asking folks to do, starting with 12 districts, so six uh, really, really vulnerable Democrats we need to protect, and then six uh, Republican flip races that we know these were you know, races that Biden won by more than eight points, every single one of them, and we lost them just barely, in some cases just you know a couple thousand votes, um, that we think we can win these races if we start early. 
And we're asking folks, uh, you can go to swingleft.org and you can click on our win back the house link. And if you've got a few bucks, whatever defining a few bucks means to you is meaningful for you, you can divide those dollars between those most competitive races and they will go directly to those candidates or in the places where in most of those flip seats, we actually don't have a candidate yet. It's competitive primaries. A lot of amazing candidates in those primaries, but that's yet another thing that for folks who are busy and for folks who are not in the weeds of every house race, it can feel overwhelming to also then track primary races. So we have something called a nominee fund of if you give your hundred bucks to a race where there's not yet a democratic nominee, it, the money gets held in act blue. And then the day there is a candidate that wins the primary, they get that check. And that is so important so that they have the momentum they need to hire staff, to get up on TV, to do all the things they need to win. Um, and then the second thing is, in addition to those dollars, say, similarly at swingleft.org, folks can sign up to start making phone calls or to join a swing left group to go in places like New York and California, where I imagine many of your listeners live. There are a lot of competitive races that are about a 90 minute drive from where some of the biggest blue hubs are in this country. And folks can sign up to join some friends and some neighbors to go start knocking on doors uh, for those competitive seats. And now you believe that California and New York are the key to winning the House back in 2024. So tell me a little bit about that, because this is unique for a presidential race, because we typically put our attention on the swing states, right? But in this case, you guys believe that focusing on target districts in blue states will actually give us the edge to fight back in winning the House. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Because that is kind of rare. It feels weird to interrupt this extremely important conversation to talk about something so unimportant like toilet paper, but environmentalism is deeply important, so I'm very happy to do it. As I said last week, do you know that we cut down tens of thousands of trees every day just to supply America with toilet paper? Well, we do. Which is why Real Paper asked the question, how do we stop doing that? And their answer was to make toilet paper from 100% bamboo. Real Paper is making their toilet paper from this incredibly fast-growing plant that can be harvested and regenerated to make the same product without impacting entire forest ecosystems. And Real Paper is the best kind of eco-friendly because it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing something to help the earth. In fact, it might feel a bit like an upgrade. Real Paper is shipped straight to your door in plastic-free packaging, and you can schedule a subscription so that it comes exactly when you need it. Real Paper also partnered with One Tree Planted, so every box of Real Paper sold helps fund reforestation efforts. So while your regular toilet paper cuts down trees, Real Paper is actively replanting them. Real Paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for a one-time purchase on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping and 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash politicsgirl and sign up for a subscription by using the code politicsgirl at checkout, you will automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R dot com slash politicsgirl and enter the promo code politicsgirl to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. Let's consider making a change for good this year and switching to real paper. Real. It's paper for the planet. Did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? Well, they can, which is why your bed can give you acne or allergies or a stuffy nose. It's gross and exactly why miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding like sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria. 
Miracle Made sheets are infused with silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. Plus, Miracle sheets are super comfortable and they feel as nice, if not nicer, than some of the bed sheets used in five-star hotels. So stop sleeping in bacteria and try Miracle Made sheets today by going to trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl. Whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you will save 40% off. And with the promo code politicsgirl, you'll get three free towels and an extra 20%. I mean, that's a heck of a deal. And Miracle is so confident that you'll love their products that they back them with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, they will give you a free refund. Go to trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl and use the code politicsgirl to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl. I mean, go ahead, treat yourself. Today's pod is also sponsored by my friends at Thrive Cosmetics. Every time I talk about Thrive, I go on and on about their liquid lash extension mascara, which I am obsessed with and just bought another tube of. But today I'm gonna to talk about their sheer strength hydrating lip tint. I'm not really a lipstick girl. I never mastered it and my lips are big by nature. So when I put color on them, it's like all I can see on my face. Usually I just go with a little bit of gloss, but that's why I love the hydrating lip tint. It hydrates your lips with just a tiny bit of color that goes on evenly and lasts up to six hours. It's comfortable enough to wear all day and it comes in six different shades so you can't go wrong when you're picking a color. It's lightweight, non-sticky, and makes your lips visibly softer and smoother while making you look just a little bit more pulled together. And you know I love a product with a cause. Thrive Cosmetics is spelled C-A-U-S-E for a reason. Part of their mission is that every product purchased supports organizations that help our communities thrive. Things like battling domestic abuse, homelessness, cancer, and more. The products themselves are 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and they're all made with clean, skin-loving ingredients with no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. But you have to try Thrive Cosmetics to see for yourself. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash politicsgirl. That's Thrive Cosmetics, spelled C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash politicsgirl for 20% off your first order. And don't forget to throw in that mascara. I swear to God, it's the best. And finally, I'm back to remind you about the amazing benefits of AG1 by Athletic Greens. We've had AG1 as part of our routine for almost two years now. It's a simple daily habit that's easy to take, but it makes such a discernible difference to how you feel. You can take it in the morning or afternoon before working out or first thing before starting your day. I always found I felt best when I took it in the morning on an empty stomach, but my husband takes it midday before his second workout. So you figure out what's best for you. As someone who never actually responded that well to multivitamins or pills, I never felt anything other than great on AG1. Just one daily serving covers an entire day's nutritional basis and supports your long-term gut health with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. It boosts your energy, it supports your immune system, and if I'm being honest, I always feel like I sleep better when I'm on it. AG1 is not only the best all-in-one solution for daily nutrition, it also saves money. It's hard to try and figure out your own combination of supplements, and we all know that can get really expensive really fast. But each serving of AG1 costs less than $3 a day, and you feel freaking great. So if you're looking for a simpler, more cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is gonna give you one free year of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
go to athleticgreens.com slash politicsgirl. That's athleticgreens.com slash politicsgirl. Check it out. You won't be sorry. And now back to Yasmin. I think it's really, really important. I'm, I'm from California myself. And I remember growing up, I just really didn't think anything near me was relevant to our national politics. And so my response was, I just didn't do anything, right? I just thought it was a theoretical thing to read about in the newspaper. But most Americans, including me when I was growing up, we all live within a sort of 90 minute distance, almost every single one of us from a competitive swing district and sort of original to the swing left model was connecting folks to those districts that in my case, growing up in the Bay Area was out in the California Central Valley. And right now, you know, part of what the early launch of this campaign is about is that we know every single person who is listening to this podcast, if they're not already involved in all things 2024, they're going to hear about things so much that by the time we get deep into 2024, they're going to be giving their time, their dollars, something to competitive races. We know that will happen, but oftentimes that's just too late. And oftentimes in a presidential, that ends up being to the highest profile races, the presidential, of course, being the top, but then also big Senate races. And the folks who end up suffering are the competitive House races, especially the ones who are not in Pennsylvania or in Michigan or in the race in the states that are going to get those giant boosts of dollars of volunteers. And so the entire by design, our win back the house map uh, that folks can see at swingleft.org. We don't have a single presidential battleground state by design on that initial slate. It's California, New York are the sort of biggest targets right now. It's mathematically, that's not our sort of personal perspective. That is just the map. We will not win a house majority if we don't flip some seats in California, and we will not win a House majority if we don't flip some seats in New York. It's just the math. It's so, so, so important. But most people are not necessarily paying as close of attention. I feel like a lot of New Yorkers and Californians are like Nevada experts or Pennsylvania experts, right? And so we want them to start investing there. And we think if they do that, then inevitably, when folks start waking up to the battleground states as well, those candidates in, you know, it's New York and California we talked about, but Ohio, Illinois, New Mexico, even, you know, North Carolina is a battleground state, but they're going through redistricting. So they're on our map as well. Those are the places we need some early runway. So I hope that folks will uh, start getting involved to support those places. Yeah, early runway is essential. I mean, I know you guys see canvassing, knocking on doors as the most effective way to get your potential voters out. People like communication. They like the face-to-face stuff, even though it feels uncomfortable for some people. So if it's uncomfortable to you to do that, handwritten letters really do effectively yes. turn out voters and calling voters to turn out voters to be like, hey, I'm just reminding you that this election is happening is That's also right. incredibly effective. And you can do the calling from anywhere you live. So you can be in Vermont or you can be in Florida and you That's can be calling right. the Ohio voters or you can call the you know Central Valley people in California to say, just reminding you that this is this election is coming up and it's happening. And I think it's so essential that we do that. And I, you're talking about your website. And I do hope people go to the swingleft.org website because this is actually an amazing resource. I get kind of like nerdy about people's websites when they're really good. Yours is a really good website because it's so easy to navigate and it gives such detailed tips on how to do all this stuff, right? You explain how to write letters and be persuasive. You explain how to properly canvas. You explain how to be a most efficient phone banker, right? And 
You even include these tips, which I think are so great to help people share the message on social media, like photography tips and tricks, you know, how to get a great picture as you're canvassing at a door to encourage more people to show up and do the same thing. On your website, you have a video of an 18-year-old canvasser who's going door to door for Swing Left, right? And in it, this honestly child, he's a couple years older than my own son, right? He is there and he's saying, look, there's no cavalry coming to save us. We're we're the cavalry. And he says he's doing this because when our kids or the people in the future ask what we were doing when democracy was on the line, when, you know, in his case, when kids were in cages, when a criminal trader was running to get back into office, what were we doing? We have to have a good answer, right? And this volunteer on your website says he wants to say he was out there knocking on doors and trying to protect the union. And then he goes on to say, Anyone can do this. If I can do this, anyone can do this. Everyone should do this. And everyone really has to be doing this because everything is at stake right now. And I have to be honest, I listened to this kid talk and I thought, yeah, man, that's exactly right. Like, this is essential. We have to do it now. We cannot dial in next year. This is when it starts and this is where we start flipping districts. So That's that's your plan of attack for 2024. And we all know that Ohio is August 8th, but I believe this week you're also going to be announcing your involvement to turn out voters ahead of Virginia's November election. And I know that you don't launch until later, but do you have a teaser you can give us about Virginia? Because this race is also an essential one, because in Virginia, all 40 seats of the Virginia Senate and all 100 seats of the Virginia House are up for grabs, as well as many of the local offices. And this is a really big deal, especially with a Republican governor who would love his state to be the state of Florida and a lieutenant governor who I actually think might be a bit certifiable based on her actions. So the voters need to be out there voting for the party that are going to protect their rights in Virginia. So What can you sort of keep us in mind for the November 2023 election in Virginia? First of all, I think for folks who've not been involved with a Virginia election, I think it's really, really important to remind everybody there is an election in Virginia every year, right? There is state elections in the odd years, and then there's the federal elections in the even years, which means two things. Number one, it means a lot of voters, every time you go talk to them, and I've knocked on thousands of of doors personally in Virginia, They're like, wasn't there just an election, right? And so for people who are not paying close attention to politics, there is some voter fatigue, which makes it that much more important. And that's by design, by the way, but so, so, so important to have early action, early organizing in Virginia, because for a lot of people, they just literally can't imagine that yet another election is happening on their doorstep. So that's one. The second is because there are elections so often in Virginia, It's a really important place for us to try the things that we need to make sure that we are getting right so that we are winning uh, in trying those things out at even bigger scale nationally in 2024 in the even years. And so something that we do at Swing Left's affiliate Vote Forward is we call our odd years the, the years where we do our big experiments. We run randomized control trials on the letters that you mentioned. How do we make sure that every aspect of those letters is getting tested, including uh, the timing of those letters, whether we're talking about an issue or a value, how, what sort of percentage of the, of, the, of the letter is handwritten versus printed out. We test all of that and we do bigger experimentation in the odd years so that we can scale them in the even years. And so Virginia will be no exception. But returning to your, to your I think, really important framing of the politics of Virginia, 
as you said, I think that is a perfect summary of of, uh, of Governor Yunkin, which is uh, he aspires <laughs> to be a DeSantis. And I think he's not that far off. And the reason I say that is because the Republicans have the governor, they have the AG, they have the secretary of state, and they have the House. And so Democrats have a Senate majority. We just expanded that Senate majority in a special election. But that is the only line of defense from a totally extreme set of MAGA Republican priorities that Yunkin, you know, he had framed himself as a as a moderate, as a sort of centrist guy. He has not done a single moderate or centrist thing. The only barrier to him doing all of the things that he wants to do to then join this sort of presidential club of extremists of DeSantis and Tim Scott and so on and so forth is that Democratic Senate that is blocking him. And I think it's really important. So our goal is we've got to hold the Senate. We can hopefully also expand to the House so that we've got two lines of defense. But the other thing, which is, I mean, it's exactly what we were just saying with Ohio, with South Carolina, with so many of these states. Virginians are so much more moderate than what Yunkin is, than what the Republican House is. The people of Virginia support reproductive freedom overwhelmingly. They support access to to gun control. They support all of these issues. And all of that is on the ballot. And these margins are going to be really, really tight. So we, as you you mentioned, we're going to be launching uh, our campaign for how folks can write letters, make calls. If they live in or around Virginia and the D.C. metro area, they'll be able to get connected to canvas shifts. But for anyone who really cares not just about the fate of our democracy overall, but about the momentum, because if we lose Virginia, I can guarantee you every car run on from CNN to MSNBC to you know Fox News is going to be about how maybe Democrats don't have it. And what does this mean for Joe Biden? We've got to keep that positive momentum. And Virginians need to have elected officials who represent them. And Virginians are significantly more moderate than the extremist Republicans who represent them in two chambers um, or in one chamber and in uh, the governor's mansion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, we can see this extremism is thriving in the Republican Party, right? Like we were talking earlier, it's just decades of conservative efforts to shape state legislatures and the courts and the news narrative and the federal government has resulted in this political environment that is deeply skewed, not only just to promote their extreme right-wing minority viewpoint, but to target women and poor people and people of color and people in the LGBTQ plus community in order to keep up with this white, straight, patriarchal power structure that they seem to want to hold on to so desperately. And I think Democrats have made some great strides and had some great victories since Trump was elected in 2016. But looking around the country, it's obvious we still have a lot of work to do. And with the thousands of potential Democratic campaigns and organizations around the country, I think people often get sort of paralyzed about where the best place is to put their time and money. I mean, you're, you're, you were pointing out earlier that we're constantly bombarded, right? Like with political spam, sending totally. us these kind of terrified totally. messages from consultants and committees and often, often, you know, very uncompetitive candidates who somehow come onto the national stage and take our money but can't actually win. So since I have you, here? What is your pitch for putting their people's time and energy towards swing left? Because there's groups that I really love, like the States Project, who are really doing their organizing, and Emily's List, who really have focus. And swing left is one of those groups that I really feel like, hey, man, if you're going to put your time and energy somewhere, here's where you want to put it. And so what, as the executive director, what is your pitch for people to be like, you know what, I'm going to go with swing left because of? Yes. 
Well, first of all, um, I, before I get into the pitch, I just wanted to double down on something that you said I think is so important. I think every email that says, if you don't donate $5 by 5 p.m., democracy will crumble and it'll be your fault. Or every Yasmin, single- I mean, right? <laughs> oh my God. It's I literally all- had to change my email address. I had over 80,000 unread emails. It's no joke. It's ridiculous. Totally. And you just feel totally. depressed all the time. You feel like, oh my God, totally. we're all going to die. And I can't. You know, like it's just totally. exhausting. It's exhausting. You feel depressed, but you also don't feel like a partner in the fight, right? It is a transactional sky is falling message that just makes you feel like all you are is an ATM machine. And, you know, you, you've said multiple times, rightly so in this conversation, that every single one of us is a part of the cavalry that is going to save the day. And so we are partners to the political professionals. You know, I myself, I do this every day. The million swing left supporters are not people who do this, uh, you know, every single day, who are not paid professionals. And so I say that um, because I think in order to win the elections that we need to to regain the majorities required to get things done, um, and in order to actually do that long haul work for our democracy, we've got to change the nature of the relationship between whether you're a donor or a volunteer, uh, or you're not sure where you are, you're trying to figure out if you want to be a donor or a volunteer, and the professionals that run organizations that are doing really important work. And so I say that because I think Swing's left, Swing Left's mission is very simple. All we exist to do is to connect donors and volunteers to the most competitive elections. We don't do primaries. Uh, we also, our only lens is the competitiveness to shift the balance of power or keep the balance of power towards Democrats. And so, you know, the number of people who come to us and say, you know, I feel like I wasted my money last cycle. I found I, there was an inspiring video online. I gave all the money that I had budgeted to this candidate who lost by 20 points or who won by 20 points or whatever the case may be. And I just don't know if I've got it in me anymore. Those are the folks who end up becoming our strongest supporters because our promise to them is number one, we are never going to waste an hour of your time or a dollar that you are investing. It's going straight to the most competitive races. And number two, and this is on our website, I will leave this job if we ever waver from this, is we are never going to sell your list to anyone and anyone, period, full stop. But we are also never going to send you an email that is BSing people about an emergency. I mean, we're in an emergency. We're in an emergency every day, but we are not going to be in an emergency of democracy will fall apart if you don't donate $5 by 5 p.m. So we will never send those emails. And the reason that matters so much is to change that relationship to a long term partnership for our democracy. But it's also really important to build trust, right? If, if we're going to be in this fight together for the long haul, the relationship has to be one when we are really raising an alarm bell about what's happening in Ohio, that folks trust that that's real. And that when they read the the, the results of that election, it's not going to be that we were lying to them or we were exaggerating. And so um, I think for folks who uh, either feel my same sort of anxiety every time they open their inbox and get, oh you know, 50,000 emails uh, that they don't want to open or text messages or whatever, I think Swing Left is a place where we are committed to to respecting your inbox, but also respecting your time and money because we need every single one of you in this fight for our democracy. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's a transactional way of looking at things to be like, give us money right now and we're going to come in here for two hours. And, you know, and you're trying to build a relational 
infrastructure where you have a relationship with people for long-term success. And I think transactional is ultimately self-serving and unsustainable, right? This idea that you're not going to publish or sell or distribute anyone's email to some third party and you're making sure that their money is going to go to the most impactful places and you're not wasting their time or wasting their money and they're not going to get emails that that say nothing. It's only going to be emails relevant to the work they chose to support or the candidate they chose to support. I mean, that is so specific and it's so different from what other people are doing that I I feel very grateful that Swing Left has sort of built their organization around this sort of long-term relationals um, where they respect people's time and energy and uh, money, quite frankly. That's right. It's a wonderful organization and I hope people will go to swingleft.org and check it out. I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Yasmin. I mean, the work you guys are doing there is so impressive and I'm just really, really glad that you are out here fighting the good fight because we do need to win back that house and we do need to keep the Senate and we do need to defeat this mega extremism that we're seeing all over the country that doesn't reflect at all the will of the people. We just have to say no more, you know, and action really is the answer to fear and the answer to anxiety. And you guys have lots of actions for us to take. So I hope people will go to swingleft.org and start taking those actions today because we can't wait until tomorrow. Well, thank you so much for your support of Swing Left. And thank you so much for this show and for the voice that you are providing in our democracy. I think you are the model of making sure that every single person, whether they've been engaged before or they haven't, is getting the information that they need to get involved. Uh, And so your vision has been invaluable to the growth in support for our democracy these past few years. So thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you to all the people who are listening. We we really believe in you guys and we know you want to make a difference. And we know that our voice deserves to be heard. So kudos to everyone who's also listening to this show. That's right. Thank you so much. So that was Yasmin Raji, Executive Director for Swing Left, who is building a lasting culture of grassroots participation by respecting her members and making it as easy as possible for everyone to have the maximum impact on our elections that are determining the balance of power in our country. We need organizations like Swing Left, and we need people like you to support them. Start with helping the people of Ohio understand what they're about to lose on August 8th. Move to protecting the balance of power in the Virginia election on November 7th. And get involved now in the best way to help with the presidential election of 2024. This is it. It's all on the line. But I want you to know we can do this. There really are more of us who believe in democracy, civil rights, and fairness than there are those who would take them away from us. We just can't let them get the jump on us. Not this time. I want to thank Yasmin for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Now go to swingleft.org and start making a difference. Until next week, PGF. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.